Jazz Experience, Season 2. Let's go! Thanks for joining us for Season 2. Join the conversation with Nat, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family. Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. I wanted to start off with a question today. Why is authenticity so important? Hmm. You thought about that? You know, we live in a culture that is starving for authenticity, mm-hmm. whether it be leaders, coworkers, family members, friends, those that we interact, tell us they want us to be our authentic self. So why is authenticity so important? We're going to talk about that today on this episode, and let's get into this. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. You know, I I can't help but separate that. You know, authenticity starts in family. Mm -hmm. This is where it begins. It begins in our concept and structure of family. You know, there was a recent statistic that came out, babe, that just really rocked me. And I want to read this right here. It was the McCann World Group, which is one of the leading global marketing services. They did a quantitative study between 16 to 30 year olds across seven major markets, the UK, USA, Spain, China, India, Brazil, and Mexico. And uh, they confirmed during this actual survey they did, they called the survey, the truth about youth. So I'm like, wow, 30-year-olds are youth? I mean, I almost I used to qualify for that. <laughs> but 16 to 30, vast markets. And they asked them this question, which I think is so interesting. What motivates them the most? What emerged out of this actual survey was three uh, major uh, top three things. Number one was the need for commune or what we know as community, connection, relationships, and community. Yeah. Number two the need for justice, whether it be social, personal justice, uh, to do what's right, to be an activist. Mm-hmm. But the number one answer across across worldwide market was authenticity. Mm. The need to see things as they are. This was their core motivator that drives their behavior and transcends borders. Authenticity. Let's talk about this because I feel like, you know, if there's a generation that is starving for authenticity. Wow, what is that? What does that look like? Well, let's let's look at what Webster's Dictionary defines as authentic. It means not to be false or imitation, to be true to one's own personality. Wow. So being authentic means that you act in ways that show your true self and how you feel. I think it's interesting, babe, that Webster's Dictionary's first definition of being authentic it actually begins with acceptance or belief. Yeah. And actually it says they're worthy of acceptance. And so it makes me think of, okay, if we really all truly desire, especially the, you know, the generation coming after us, that is one of their top priorities is to be authentic. So they're saying, I desire for you to be authentic with me. And I want to be authentic with you. So I want to be my true self with you. And I want to, ultimately, I desire to be worthy of being accepted. That's So that makes me have the question, okay, if this is what we desire, then why, why aren't people being authentic? What's behind that? What's the underlying fear that is holding people in prison from being someone or acting like something that they're not? 
That's good. You know, I think once again, we said just a few minutes ago, I think it goes all the way back to the family structure. It starts in family, you know, worthiness. You develop that within family. And if you break up the family structure, if you don't have mom's present, if you don't have father's present, you know, I was watching a documentary uh, about Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Love it. Love it. And one of the things that stuck out to me is that he didn't get caught up from the documentary getting into drugs or doing just dumb things as many of these athletes did. But the common denominator, like they're, they're interviewing these different athletes. Say you have over here a Dennis Rodman who just had a hard life, actually grew up in a broken family structure. Yeah. And then you have Michael Jordan over here whose parents, not seeing that they were believers, I don't know where their faith was, but they were married and they had a family structure hmm. that served as a foundation to help Michael Jordan really to go after things. And just even the the relationship that he had with his father over the years. I mean, you, you see it in the documentary. So it just got me thinking how important the family structure is as the foundation, even for authenticity. Yep, it's true. You know, we've had the privilege and the honor to, you know, pray with a lot of people over the years and do some inner healing ministry. And, and, um, and we have found, uh, you know, there's been so many times that there is um, maybe a, a branch of an issue, right? And what what I mean by that is there's some things, there's some behaviors, there's some mindsets yeah. that, you know, maybe there is a fear of rejection. There is a fear of I'm not worthy to be accepted. There is some some thoughts and feelings that are occurring in someone's life. And so yeah. we we try to go Let's go back. Where is the root? Where is the entry point to this? You know, and there's there's so many different things that it could be. But I I know like there's so many people we've prayed for that, you know, if your mother or father, even from the womb, if they did not want, uh, you know, they did not want to have a baby. They didn't want you to even be born from the first place. Those things have an impact on a person, right? Even from the womb. And so we see that if we go back and, and and oftentimes if we're able to discover what that entry point is, it changes everything because, because that's where it came in. Because the truth is that's good. You are not a rejected person. The truth is you are accepted from the foundations of the earth. We are an accepted chosen people god yeah. for for knew us he he created us in our mother's womb and so if there is a lie present that i'm not accepted i'm not lovable i'm not you know important yeah that came somewhere yeah that is not that doesn't just you know happen that came from somewhere that's so good well i mean if we have a society that is valuing authenticity and you have a generation coming up that's that one core motivator, then we have to ask, how did we lose authenticity? You know, sadly, however, you know, even uh, we want people to live in an authentic way. We want our deepest passion, beliefs, and desires. And most of us, it doesn't, it's not coming out genuine. We want to be authentic, but right. we don't know how to do it. Right. And where do we lose our authenticity? You know, we've been taught, I, I'd go back all the way to our early days of growing up. You know, we've been taught by parents, teachers, even you go into spouses, friends and coworkers, politicians, the media and others that it's more important to be like and to fit in than it is to be who we truly are. Wow. I mean, from an early age, we're taught that. Yeah. 
even in the family structure. In addition, many of us assume that we are in that that we're not good enough. That therefore we're constantly trying to fix ourselves and to act like others who we think are better than us, who we think people like. Wow. Yeah. And so we go on this, and it's like the best thing is our life is constantly Halloween, where we're constantly wearing the best costumes that we think everybody likes. And we don't want to take off our mask. We don't want to be authentic because we're taught it's inbreded in us. And you know what? That is exhausting. That is absolutely yeah. exhausting. So we 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 wonder why everyone is an emotional, yeah. un, uh, you know, so emotionally unhealthy and can't even function in day to day life. Yep. You know, I know there's a lot of probably reasons for that, but this is a huge one. This is a huge one. Yeah. And, you know, we're constantly, constantly, there's this inner battle and outer battle, balancing inner and outer aspects of ourselves in order to better fit in. I mean, that's what we want. We want to fit in. Right. I remember growing up and I remember one time coming home crying because I was made fun of because I had pro wings, mm. pay less. And everybody had Nikes and Jordans. We weren't uh, able to uh you know i wasn't able at, at a time to get jordans they were very expensive you made up for that now <laughs> i made up for that now yeah that's Anyone probably why who i love knows that shoe game you know he made up for it <laughs> but i just remember that root coming in then yeah of like okay not being good enough because of my shoes to fit in like i wasn't good enough to fit in with friends because i had the wrong shoes and was made fun of so it it began a thought process in me. If I'm going to fit in, I have to get these type of shoes, but we see it across the board. No, we yeah. see it across the board. And so we're constantly trying to balance our inner outer aspects of ourselves. And we learn it at an early, we learn it in school. We learn it in our family structures. We're driven to find our place in society. That's really good. We're trying to find our place in society. We want to be respected for who we truly are and what we have contributed. But many of us are propelled even further, designed to know our life and purpose. And we're trying to figure out the, the purpose of life, but trying to act like somebody else. And we're trying to fulfill the fulfillment that comes with becoming more authentic person, but yet we're living a lie. So true. And at the same time, we live in a society that values superficiality. Mm. I mean, they value that. It's like you strive for perfection. You define success as by dollars. Let's just be honest. You know, how many dollars you have in your bank account? Who do you know? Uh, and our values are forced upon society every day. So are we to be authentic in spite of the messages that are trying to convince us to be somebody else? I mean, we got to look at this. Is this where it started? How, how did we lose authenticity? Because there's a message out there, try to be somebody else. And it goes all the way to the garden. Hmm. Let's look at, I mean, it goes all the way to Genesis, the beginning. Adam and Eve were fine being their authentic self until you bring this voice of the enemy comes in, says, hey, if you'll perform, if you'll do this, you'll do that, you eat this fruit, right? Performance, eat this fruit, you'll become this. This is who you really want to be. You want to be like God. You're not like God, but you want to be like God. And if you eat this fruit, it was, it was a marketing scheme. Hmm. So we see we see on television, if you eat this, you'll become that. Yeah. And so they were the authors. They were fine being who they were until that was introduced and they fell for it. And it's the same thing that we see now. That's so good, babe. And I, I want to go back to kind of what you brought up at the very beginning is yeah. 
the it all begins in the family piece, yes. right? And so one of the reasons why I think we are so passionate about pouring into children and of course our own children, but just instilling identity from the 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 core of the family structure yes. is so, so important. You know, because this is the thing, like the enemy wants to get in as early as possible to create that lie and that mindset within us yep. to believe this, that we aren't accepted, that we're not lovable, that all the things that are keeping us from truly so good. being and becoming and living and walking out our truest identity, right? And only God can have that, should have that place yeah. in our life. But the enemy wants that access. So he tries everything he can to get into that place. And you know, this is the thing though, like, if someone has purposely rejected you, like they have purposely pushed you away, they've purposely, you know, spoken word curses over you and told you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're True. not lovable, you're, you're whatever. If they've done that, let me tell you something that has nothing, nothing to do with you. Wow. At all. Ooh, but it that. has everything to do with how they see themselves and the inside structure they have. That's good. Okay, so can I just take a minute real quick and just <laughs> pray over the listener right now? Yeah. If you feel like that's you, like you have had someone in your life, I don't care if you were two years old, you were 15, or it was last week, and it stuck. Yeah. And, and those words and the, the relationship was broken or they spoke things over you that were trying to tear you down and they rejected you and caused pain and hurt in your life. I just want to pray over you real quick. I just want to declare in Jesus' name, every word that does not line up with who God says you are, I declare it's broken mm. in Jesus' name. And I just declare that you will see yourself as God has spoken you to be from the, from the womb. Lord, I just declare every lie is broken over your sons and daughters right now. Sure. And then I just speak identity. I speak love and truth and acceptance because they are accepted. You have accepted us. And so, Lord, I thank you for just consuming them right now with your presence and that all the, the hurt and the pain would just go now in Jesus' name. That's so good. In Jesus' name. True. You know, and identity is, is key in all this. Yeah. If we don't have that inside structure, if it wasn't instilled in us, you know, and a lot of us maybe have that story that yeah. maybe you didn't grow up knowing who you are and you don't know your true God-given identity. It's never too late, though. Yeah. It's never too late. So if you're like, man, I didn't experience that. I didn't experience, you know, feeling accepted yeah. when I was growing up. It's not too late. Like, now is the time. Like, let God speak to you and show you so good. who he says you are. You know, when you think about, you said something right now made me think, you know, when you think about the garden, it was one of the first ultimate failures in humanity. You know, Adam yeah. and Eve hid themselves. Yep. But yet God came after him. True. He came after him. And let's just be honest. I know you were just being wrong. I, I just got to get, let's get this. I got to get this on my chest. Okay. Do it. We want to be able, I know I do. You want to feel like you can have a messy day, a messed up day out there in front of everyone to see mm -hmm. and still retain some dignity as a person. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth that we all at some point want that. And that's authenticity right there. And if you think about Adam and Eve, they had a messy day, right? But yet the one 
who saw them for who they were was not afraid to come to him. And we have that in society. Like you can't have a messy day because then you get isolated. Right? And I'm not talking about, you know, huge moral failures, but even if it goes into area that we who are honorable, Scripture says we should go and restore our brother who has fallen. Right. But I mean, one of the most powerful stories to me that really kind of represents the power of authenticity, because let me tell you, there is power, physical substance, power in authenticity. There is power in authenticity. And we see this with the seven sons of Sceva. They learned a lesson about authenticity. And they learned it the hard way. They got beat up, stripped naked, and thrown out because they were trying to be somebody who they were not and operate in a power and authority that was not theirs because they didn't know the one who to operate. There was no authenticity, Acts 19, 13, right? They They weren't carrying authentic power of themselves. They were trying to operate in Paul's grace. And since they didn't have a genuine encounter of their own, right? They try to do it like somebody else. And the devil perceived it, took advantage of them, beat them up and threw them out. And I just thought about, I mean, that's come to me like, wow, the power of uh, authenticity. Yeah, There is power, there's substance. And, you know, we have learned to create vulnerable cultures. You know, that's one of the things that we value both. You know, that's one of our, our, our core values does. And where others can begin to be their real selves and let their hair down and let their heart out. And it's a wonderful culture to create because this is where true freedom happens. You know, authenticity, vulnerability, two different things. I I believe season one, we talked about vulnerability. Now we're talking about authenticity. You need both. They're they're like a a dynamic duo, but you need both of them. But if you take it back to the garden, this is the biggest lie. We're talking about where we've lost our authenticity. Mm -hmm. How, How do we lose it? You know, I've had this thought for the longest time and just kind of been in in Genesis, if you can't tell. We keep going back to the beginning because <laughs> everything starts in the beginning, right? Is that this lie came in of originality versus authenticity, right? There's a difference between originality and authenticity. Originality many times is pride-based and it's a desire to distinguish yourself or authenticity is an honest assessment of your genuine self and what you bring to the table. That's good. So authenticity occurs when there's no discrepancy between our action and words, mm, right? Right. And authenticity releases an anointing and harvest where you generally live in out what you are speaking about. But here's the difference. We've bought into the apple of originality. You're not an original. If you're listening to this right now, can I tell you something? This should revolutionize your theology because it's even crept into church. You're not an original. If you were an original, you wouldn't have been created in someone's image. You were created in the image and likeness of God, meaning you're not an original, but you are unique. Yep. There is a uniqueness that defines all of us. And when we discover that uniqueness, we can be our authentic self. But when we live in originality, it's pride-based. We keep trying to separate ourselves from who we cr- truly were created to be. You know, I think that mindset also reinforces the the victim mindset oh, and, the, and the orphan, you oh know, boy, mindset because it allows for that competitive spirit, and that's yeah. why I feel like this is so prevalent, even in the church, because yeah. that's 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 the root of it. So true that it's that mindset. Like if we believe there's not 
Like we have to stand out in order to be important. We have to try to to be different. We have to try to, you know, be more important than, than a, the next guy. Yeah. Then we're going to do anything to attain that, even if it means being fake or even if it means not being <laughs> who God has called us to be. That's good. And that's all, that's all bad. <laughs> But no, that's how, bad. How, but what you're saying is, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but how often do we see that? And we're like, so, so passionate about yeah. seeing people released. Like, let's just like, ooh, yeah, released into who God says you are. Because yeah. there's all the room in the world. Like, the kingdom is so big. Yes. You don't have to be anything someone else is saying that you should be or society saying you should be or, you know, culture or the church or even your parents say you should be like, we have to own our true God identity. And when you're, th- you're saying about goes back to the family, we've been talking about this whole family concept. One of the biggest things that we can do as parents, and we've seen this, is that you have, I think authenticity begins with just even letting your kids into hard situations, not hiding it. Yeah. Not hiding when you have a hard situation for them, trying to think like we're trying to protect them. They have to be able to see our authentic self and how we respond to that and how we respond to, you know, even just in the concept of family when we have hard, difficult times. You know, I think that's a really a big part of even in families, how parents can build authenticity in their kids and really model it themselves. Like, how how can I be my authentic self as a mother and father for my children and not hide that from them. You know, I know we've been doing this marriage mentorship and I, I'm even seeing some of those things because one of the things that we don't understand, one of the biggest keys for marriage is connection. Mm-hmm. And in order for connection to happen, authenticity is required. Yes. Right. But let's think about it. We live in the day, the internet, social media, right? We live in this day where it's so at our fingertips and it disconnects us because we are glued to our phones at our dinner tables, right? We, and, it, and it just increases our ability to be inauthentic. I've had to, I mean, I've dealt with this. Let's just be, let's just be real, right? And social media allows us to glow, edit, filter, right? You can mm-hmm. gloat, you can edit, you can filter, you can post a highlight reel, right? You got all these uh, filters of, of, of making you look better and thinner. and Yeah, we got a lot of uh, bravery going around at, called <laughs> heresy hunters also. The, oh, yes. <laughs> don't open a can, right? Like they're, wow. they're, they're super brave behind their computer screen or their phone. Yeah. But <laughs> you get them into a room by themselves, they ain't going to be saying the same stuff. I guarantee it. It's just interesting to think about before social media, how did pe- how the heresy hunters confront people? <laughs> they put it in the newspaper, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, and it's so interesting that we we can uh, you know, we construct a, you know, a fake a facade of our lives that may or may not be honest reflection of our reality. Yeah, true. And in this we breach connection. People who have authentic connection over social media report having a largely positive view and experience of it. But people who use it as a genuine way to stay in touch with others and don't report the same levels of anxiety and depression associated with its use. But a lot of them, this is what Sticks are saying, a lot of the anxiety and the depression that is coming with social media is because people are having to continue to put up a false reality, Mm. an authentic, genuine reality of who they are not. 
And it builds anxiety, it builds depression, and this is what's happening. They're finding out, even in the statistics and some of the studies, if you would uh, go online and check those out, it's, it's amazing what they're finding out. And then you think about church. If the best we can do as a church is copy the world, then we continue to enhance everything. Oh boy. That is one of the problems of why people are disconnected and not being authentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it in the church. Right, you have to keep up with the Jones in the church too, and it may it may look like prophetic, it may look like apostolic, it may look like this, but it's still keeping up with the Jones, and mm. you got to keep you know who has the most followers and 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 best sermon uh, clips, and mm. I mean all this stuff, you know, it's still you know it's not authentic. I mean, when's the last time you actually saw a pastor or leader get on and really express himself on social media of something authentic that's happening around him? Yeah. And inviting people into a conversation and just say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this. You know, I mean, could it be that's why? And I'm just stepping out. But could it be one of maybe the the uh, influences of why so many leaders, especially in the church, are committing suicide? Mm. I mean, I've thought about this. It's sad. And this isn't to display, you know, this isn't to play down some of these are tragedies that are happening. Yeah, yeah. Because... I, I, we, we've, we've counseled these pastors, we've counseled leaders when they feel like they can't be their authentic self in front of their congregation, in front of their staffs, in front of their leaders. And so it, it creates this double life. Yeah. And I know that for a fact, because when you live a double life, it drains you. When you can't be your authentic, genuine self, you live a double life where it drains you just trying to remember some of the false realities that you've created to try to keep up and speak them out. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's insanity. So that actually reminds me of some of the situations I've been through. You know, I, I go back to friendships that I've had over the years and I know for, for a lot of years, I feel like I did that and I didn't mean to do that, but there was somehow a breach in connection in in my relationships. Wow. That's good. I didn't know this until later. (laughs) I wish I would have known a little earlier, but that's all right. I learned um, that I was truly longing for deep connection because of a breach in connection that I had in my own life with my, with my mother. So Mm -hmm. I would always, I would always search for deep connections in a friendship with a, with another female, because I feel like there was a breach in that connection. Right. But unfortunately what would happen is, is it's, it's what, Matt was just talking about it's I wasn't truly being my authentic self because I because out of that need of acceptance out of that need of wanting that connection out of that need of wanting to feel loved and valued I would actually adapt myself to what I thought they wanted from me the other person and you know what that turns into that becomes a very unhealthy codependent situation. Yeah. Right. Because then that can bring out the same thing in the other person. And it's just this vicious cycle in relationships. And I mean, that can, that can happen in any relationship that not just a friendship situation that can happen in your marriage that can happen in a, in your family that can happen in a lot of different kinds of situations with a boss and or coworker or whatever. But it all comes back to this place where we we don't feel like we have permission to be our authentic self, but there's always a reason why. Wow. So I feel like that's why we're we're really diving into this because it's important to know that why 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 can't you be your authentic self? And for yeah. me, I feel like it took a radical 
situation in my life to open my eyes, if you will, to see the root. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of what it felt like. No, I it caused a radical situation and honestly a painful situation to cause me to see what the root was and cause me to see and look with the Lord at what really needed to happen within me. Mm. And so it really, that's kind of step one, if you will. If there, if we're going to give steps, I feel like that's step one. We have to look to what is my inside structure that is allowing this in my life. It, this These unhealthy cycles of relationships, there's a why to that. There's a reason to that. We all are supposed to live in healthy, thriving relationships. And if you find yourself in these vicious cycles of unhealthy connections and relationships, and ultimately you're not feeling like you can be yourself in relationships, let's ask the question, what, what's the inside structure? What is the lie I believed somewhere along the way? What is the hurt, the, the entry point to the hurt and the pain that's caused me to feel like I am not lovable and I'm not accepted? Let's go there. And, and you know, that's not comfortable to do, but it's necessary to do. That's so good. You know, I was just thinking, you know, what's the opposite of authenticity? And I truly believe, there may be other thoughts out there, but I believe that the opposite of authenticity is conformity. Yeah. Because you're conforming your life to other people's opinions right. or perception of you and you're yep. not being your authentic self. And yet we see in scripture, do not conform to the yeah. patterns right. of this world. So patterns are those perceptions that the world has and they're putting you in a prison to conform to. Yep. And yet we see the actual word of God come alive in Ephesians 4, 20 verses, put on the new self created in God's way and righteousness and holiness of truth. And I think it comes down to we, we, I mean, this thought came when we were talking right now, the matrix, what it really is, is we have this battle between artificial and authentic. Mm. And we live in a society that we have artificial drinks, artificial color, food coloring. I mean, so much artificials that you're putting in everything you're consuming. Mm. And the actual word artificial, the definition actually means made or produced by human beings rather than incurring, that rather than incurring naturally, organic. I was just going to say. Especially as a copy of something natural. So basically you're taking something that's genuine and natural from its original and you're making an artificial copy of it. It's not organic. And we know what's happening right now. With, that's why there's such a, a push for organic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because we want genuine organic people, yep. but we don't want to create a culture for that to happen. We want the artificial because the artificial is pushing. It's like we, we want the artificial. So how do, we, <laughs> how do we build an authentic culture? How do we see authenticity in our relationships, wow. in our life, in our families? How do we do that? You know, I how? think the first biggest key, babe, to me, the biggest key to develop an authentic life is, is, and it's essential, I believe, is we have to know at, a, at the deepest level who we really are. Mm -hmm. Know who you are at the deepest level. Knowing ourselves is going to be able to help us be authentic. And it's a lifelong process. The more we're delivered about this, I believe the more we grow and can be more conscious of being authentic and I think that's the disconnect is that we don't know who we are. So we allow others to define us. Wow. And so I think identity, once again, is a key in being authentic. Once you discover who you are, you can genuinely live that out. You know, and I think, and it is, it's knowing who you are. 
But yep. it's also accepting who you are. Ooh. Because oh, oh, oh man, I wish I had that button right now. That <laughs> that's fire. <laughs> you know, because I you know, going back to kind of what the process I went through and and with friendships, it wasn't until I feel like and, and the Lord took me on this journey, but it, it wasn't until I fully came into agreement in my heart and mind with God, who you say I am, I say yes to that. I say yes to that. That's when I saw a shift in my relationships because I feel like I was so focused for so long. And again, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I was focused on the connection because I really, I, I valued it so much because I didn't know that it was actually, it was trying to fill a void that I had in my life. And so once I realized what was going on and I actually was filling it with the wrong thing, yeah. I began to agree with who God says I was. And then the need actually kind of went away. And I don't, it doesn't mean that I don't need yeah. relationships, not at all, because we understand, you know, the first two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with everything in you yeah. and then love your neighbor as yourself as yourself. So (laughs) if we don't accept ourselves and don't love ourselves, how, how then can we begin to have thriving relationships with anyone else and, and love them truly the way God intends us to love them? Wow. Wow. So that is, I totally agree. That is step one. Like if we don't do that, we are unable, ill-equipped and unable to love people if we don't accept and love ourselves. That is fire. I think this is so true. I mean, we're just scratching the surface. I mean, this is such a huge conversation and topic, authenticity, how we get there. But I, I would say this, there is a cost for authenticity. There, There's going to cost. So, I, you know, you have to just put that there is a price because once again, we've talked about there is a, we live in a society that even it values it saying that we want authenticity, but when you're authentic, sometimes it costs you relationships. Sometimes it costs you uh, so many different things that we've seen over the years. And, but I would say this, uh, the actual empowerment that you receive in knowing and the freedom that you get to taste in knowing that you are who God created you to be so outweighs the price that sometimes is, is attached to being authentic where you can lose relationships or lose things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, we just barely scratch the surface on this. You know, uh, one of the things I want to ask you, the listener, what does authenticity look like to you? I'd love for you to go to our Facebook page. Matt Des Gonzalez will post up a, a question there. And we want to hear from you. When you listen to this episode, we want to hear what do you believe is authenticity and how are some keys that you've been able to walk out authenticity in your life. We want to learn from you guys. So make sure to go to the Matt and Des Gonzalez Facebook page. And we want to hear all about that. Absolutely. Well, there's so much we can talk about, but uh, our time has come. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, remember family is where life begins. Destiny is found. Identity is enhanced and love never fails. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. And we are out. Be blessed. 
We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.